Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Casada! Yay! And we have got a terrific episode for you. A uh, It is one of the best episodes. <laughs> one of the finest. Absolutely. One of the finest. Um, I'm tired of all these other China podcasts. Uh, not getting it right. <laughs> Yeah, the rest of our podcast has been a China podcast until yeah. now. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think this just the Falun Gong episodes, really. But um, th- this is going to be a very fun series. In this episode, we kind of cover uh, the origin story, the real and a little bit of the fake origin story of uh, the Trump family fortune. Um, but before we get into it, we have got some news and reviews. <laughs> The first news is that uh, Joe Biden won the fucking election, you piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it um, Yeah. If you want to support Joe, you can go to patreon.com slash Joe Biden. <laughs> what? For just $5 a month, you get an awkward shoulder touch. Um, and a good sniff. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, no, we, we have our own Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Um, for just $5 a month, you get access to our bonus show, The Speculation Zone, of which more episodes are coming soon, now that we are finally back in the swings of being able to produce like we like to. The other piece of news is that we did a live show not too long ago. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was a fucking blast. I had a great time. Loved it. Loved it so much. Had a great uh, great time. I already said that. Uh, <laughs> if you bought a ticket and you have the website and password information, you can use that to access the show right now if you wanted to. If you didn't get to watch it before, if you want to watch it again, whatever. You can go to the website, use the password, and you can watch or download both of our live shows. Um, If you want to watch it, you can go to our store and purchase a ticket, and that will give you access to it now. It should be up um, for at least another month or so. It might be up for a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, go watch that. Go do it. Go love it. Love you. Happy Halloween. Go team. <laughs> if you like our show and you want to watch it somewhere else, you can go to roosterteeth.com. You can also go to Rooster Teeth's official app where you can watch a bunch of fun content. Uh, there's shit like um, Good Morning from Hell, Red Web, and Black Box Down, which are two awesome fucking true crime shows you can also watch a bunch of really fun shows like uh ruby or um fucking red versus blue which i used to fucking love when i was in when i was a kid god i used to watch that show all the time and now we work with them and in 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 weird in life weird Mm -hmm. um and also that guy from the apprentice was the president did you guys know that isn't that fucking crazy what guy gary Busey? no (laughs) yeah yeah, so you can go to uh, roosterteeth.com. You can go download the app. Um, I'm pretty sure, I'm not absolutely certain, but I'm pretty sure if you do get a real life rooster to open its mouth, our voices will come out. Um, Good morning! Good morning! I'm a rooster! Just like that. <laughs> yes, but in our voices. I'm not sure how the rooster connects to your Bluetooth, but I, I know that it does. Alexa, um, please play rooster! <laughs> Oh, man. What a loud cock. Anyway, uh, 
We've also got some reviews. Uh, the following are two five-star reviews that were left on our iTunes account, which uh, if you want to get us to read something out loud, that's a pretty good goddamn way to do it. Um, so this one comes to us from Carrizo17, and they say, Bread Bowls, stop! <laughs> Hilariously <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> I don't think the first stop was like comedic. I think they were like, please stop. <laughs> please stop. I'm diabetic. I can't have this many carbs. I work for Panera. You're fucking us up. Please stop. <laughs> uh, we've also got one from Jay Buero, and they say Biggie Cheese back again. Biggie Cheese. We love you, Biggie Cheese. We love you, Biggie Cheese. Uh, I think without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello. Hello. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these, these are, are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning in to Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! 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 I'm extra excited this week. Oh, yeah? Did anything special happen? <laughs> uh, just some personal victories. Yeah? For, for context, we're... We're recording this November 7th. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we recorded this on what? Day, day uh, fucking five of the election, election day. day? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, technically yes, yesterday, I guess they called it quotation marks. They yeah. hadn't even called it when I woke up. They called it when Armando woke up. Yeah, I I drove Jake to the dentist and then got texts on my phone in my car and I like looked up from my phone and the road was stopped and everyone was just honking and people ran out of the buildings onto the sidewalk to dance and cheer. It was the craziest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen. My sister said her neighbors ran out of their houses and started banging pots and pans and hugging and kissing each other like wild yeah it's like the opposite of the first scene in a zombie invasion movie you know <laughs> yes <laughs> like instead of freaking out in the streets everyone's like oh my god it's like the ewoks at the end of return of the jedi <laughs> everything seems different uh and yet also exactly the same so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, we yep, still yep, can't yep. really go outside that much so nope yeah <laughs> We're living in a world where Paige was like, yeah, everyone just ran out of their houses and started kissing each other. And my brain instantly went like, oh, no. Don't do all- that. Don't um, do that. I, I was in my car like, put on masks. Um, like, be excited, but also masks. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Well, yeah. you definitely read the title when you uh, clicked on this episode to listen to it. Um, so it probably goes without saying that uh, today we're starting a very 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 strange little series um we are going to be talking about donald j trump and the cult of maga 
first of all, what does J stand for? Is it like Homer J Simpson or like, or it's just J or is it John, Donald John Trump? It's actually short for Jeezy. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> don't know that our president's name is Donald Jeezy Trump. Donald Jabroni Trump. <laughs> J is for phenomenal. I'm the biggest. I'm the best. I'm the most bestest, biggest, juiciest president. <laughs> that was almost the name of the pizzas at Little Caesars. No, no, no. I think he means extra most bestest. I'm the extra most bestest pizza. I mean, president. I'm hot and ready 4 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Oh. <sighs> The biggest difference is that I will not be paying for Rosa Parks in any capacity. No, thank you. <laughs> That's true. The, yeah, the guy who owned Little Caesars. I totally forgot about that. So uh, I think that most of us can remember exactly where we were on November 8th, 2016. Do we want to go around the horn and, and say where we each were? Because I like viscerally remember. Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember literally everything from that night. I was hosting a comedy show uh, where they were... They they were blasting uh, 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 through a projector the election results on the wall <laughs> on the opposite side of the stage. And it was just kind of like a, a fun little bit, you know, because Hillary's definitely going to win and nothing would go bad at all. And throughout the night, people stopped looking at the stage and started just turning their chairs around to look the other way and just cry order more beer leave it was oh my god by the time the headliner got up everyone was just like we're fucked <laughs> i will do you one better so i spent the first part of the evening at work i was still at sir Latop at the time and it was just me and one other employee and no one came into the store for like four hours because everyone was just home watching the results mm -hmm. the one or two people who did come in because we were on our phones watching the returns would ask us like where is it basically on our phones i left work and I, and when i left work hillary was still ahead and then i got to flappers comedy club in burbank where i was supposed to host the main room that night and by the time i got there the tide had turned and of the 10 comics who were supposed to show up for that show none of them showed oh my oh, god they pulled a club comic so like there was me and dr laura hayden and literally we sat in the green room and watched the rest of the returns because no one like audience didn't show up to that show comics didn't show up to that show and we just cried in flappers green room it was crazy <laughs> it was brutal I didn't even have friends yet. I had just moved to LA. <laughs> oh, you meant here. I thought you meant like in general. Oh no, not in general. But I mean like I didn't have, I didn't know anyone in LA. Like I'd only lived in LA for a few months and I just didn't have like any like close friendships with anyone. I messaged my friend Kelsey who had literally also just moved here. And I was like, hey, I can't be alone right now. Can, yeah. can we like, get pizza or something and then we just went to blaze and sadly ate pizza and i was just like i fucking hate this place <laughs> <laughs> i i didn't even but the thing too is that when that happened i still wasn't as upset and anxious as i was going into this election because i didn't really think he could do that much harm 
<laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <sighs> Man, the night Donald Trump was elected, it felt like everything was completely different. And it wasn't really because he was a Republican, and it wasn't because he was just like a white dude. It was because he was Donald fucking Trump. <laughs> the guy who's famous for firing people and giving Vince McMahon a buzz cut on live TV. <laughs> it was Someone had to do it. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> also that that like that like series on uh, WWE is is like a great example of Donald's like uh, propaganda making where like no one cared like it wasn't a thing that Vince McMahon cared about his hair until three weeks before that match where they just had like a bunch of <laughs> they had like a bunch of forced scenes where Vince was like oh oh really love my hair <laughs> if, any, <laughs> if anything happened to my hair I'd be really upset about it right now <laughs> they're gonna try to tell you that my hair is cut but that's just a democrat lie <laughs> Count all the hairs. <laughs> Count every hairs, except where I'm balding. Stop counting there. <laughs> oh, my God. The point of this series, by the way, is not to dunk on Republicans. We don't think that conservatives are all stupid or evil. And I'm even willing to bet that most people didn't so much vote for Trump as much as they voted against Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And, you know, by extension, Hillary Clinton. Which I kind of get because, you know, Joe's a fucking creep and Kamala's a cop lawyer who's locked up tons of people on some fucking bullshit. The biggest downside in a two-party political system is that very often we are forced to pick the lesser of two evils. However, those who voted for Donald Trump are willing to overlook a number of things that I'm not sure that I ever could. First is her, his horrific handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and his refusal, his outright refusal to help citizens until he secured his second term. Yeah, well, and we we did find out that he knew about coronavirus months before allegedly he said he did and could have made different choices and didn't. Yeah. And now we can't go outside. And more than 8 million people in California alone have slipped into poverty. So, like, yeah, I understand where people are fucking mad. <laughs> yeah. Because of Trump, we couldn't even celebrate Trump leaving office. <laughs> and we did anyway. Yeah. Happy Corona <laughs> Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Oh, but then there's the racism, the misogyny, the transphobia, the homophobia, the Islamophobia, the anti-Semitism, the ableism, and a couple handfuls of ties to white supremacist groups. And finally, there's the lying. It is constant. It is confusing. And at times, it doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason to it at all. In this series, we are going to examine the origin of the Trump family, Donald's life before he became a politician and how he successfully became our country's 45th president. <laughs> and I, and I, I just want to get this part out of the way. Any and all statements that I make or that we make about Donald Trump and his family are taken directly from the sources listed in each episode. These are not my direct opinions. These are things that I read from multiple sources that have been corroborated by people outside of of this group. Fuck 45, allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly <laughs> fuck 45. Allegedly. So, 
Melania certainly doesn't want to. <laughs> oh my God, she does not. It's so funny. Andre and I have a new favorite thing where we watch videos of her rejecting Donald Trump's kisses, hand holding, like all of his advances. Where she, there's one where there's he tries to grab her hand and she straight up goes no and slaps, slaps it. his hand it's away. No, get away. Like her, just every time he tries to hold her hand, he she's just like turning away from him. It's, it's so very funny. funny. She always starts starts by being nice where she's just like oh i don't was that like a mistake or whatever and then by the end of it she's straight up just like flipping around turning her whole body to avoid her husband uh have you e- have either of you listened to her audio regarding the christmas decorations this year no <laughs> who gives a fuck about christmas yeah wait really yes yeah. yeah. What so a weird funny. person. We, we will well, we'll have to play just, it. I can't wait. Yeah, we'll have to play it. I think it's just because, like, I think she thought he was going to lose the whole time. And so now she's like, so he lost and I still have to decorate? <laughs> like, yeah. come on. He, she, she, we'll get into it, but she did not sign up for any of this shit. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so our sources for this episode are, uh, we're going to start with the book too much and never enough by Nancy Trump. I cannot recommend this book enough. It is so good. Um, (laughs) it is written by Nancy Trump, who is obviously Donald's uh, niece, um, the daughter of Fred Jr. And it is one of the best books I think I have ever listened to. And, uh, one of the greatest sources for Trump's family's origins because it is literally written by his family and fred jr has as interesting of a story oh yeah and that that book does i mean donald is the main character but fred jr obviously pops up a lot in the book because you know it's Mm. written by his daughter uh next we have the book the art of the deal by tony schwartz (laughs) um (laughs) wow yeah. I'm so sorry you had to read that. I know you were reading it like a week and a half ago and I felt so bad. Yeah, but it, it is uh, in stark contrast to the last book. It is uh, absolutely terrible and only a good source for what Donald wants you to think his life is. So it's like on the flip side, we're like, if you want to see what Donald thinks his life is like, that is a great source uh to kind of like it's like a uh what's it called like a cipher for trying to read his lies like that's what you need to understand his stupid fucking brain also wasn't written by donald trump and the guy who did write it said it was the biggest mistake of his entire life (laughs) (laughs) that's fair i mean he that guy had no way of knowing no no what was gonna happen tony schwartz and this is not a fucking bit tony schwartz has lobbied to get it switched to fiction that's amazing. He is. He fucking hates this book. Uh, next, we have the book The Trumps, Three Generations That Built an Empire by Gwenda Blair, which is a great resource for kind of the nitty gritty details about uh, his family. Um, we also have a video on Donald Trump uploaded by the YouTube channel Biographics. Uh, we have a Washington Post article about Donald Trump and his father. And finally, we have a letter written by Donald's grandfather in 1905. So, depending on who you ask, Donald Trump's origin is either remarkably impressive or downright infuriating. Over the last four years, we've all heard the legend about a self-made man who used a small, one-time loan to start up his own business empire. And as most of us know now, 
that's fucking horseshit. It's all made up. That that never. I mean, it's it is true that he did take a, a, a one time loan several different times uh, over the course <laughs> of his entire life. So more like a several time loan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and most of those loans he didn't even end up fucking paying back. In fact, in a later episode, we'll get into the math of just how much money uh, he made. To put it into perspective, Donald Trump was a fucking millionaire in elementary school. Mm. Donald Trump came from money. Shit, dude. Donald's dad came from money. And if most of Trump's supporters knew where his money actually came from, they'd probably be pretty fucking upset. Because the real story of the Trump family fortune starts all the way back in the late 1800s. Donald's grandfather, Friedrich Trump, was born in Bavaria on March 14th, 1869. Nice. Nice. Friedrich's parents and all five of his siblings worked in the family grape fields. But Friedrich didn't because he was described as being, quote, too weak for physical labor. How many cult leaders have we had on the show that were too weak for physical labor? Like easily a dozen. Yeah, he's in a situation where um, I think at first he was too sickly, but then at a certain point, he wasn't so much sickly anymore as much as he was like, oh, no, I still can't work. (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, with those tiny hands, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, they (laughs) run in the family. That's why they worked on a grape farm. That's all you can pick. They can't pick peaches. Their hands are too little. Too little. Mm. (laughs) Hands Mm. too small. Instead, Friedrich would take on chores around the house, and it started with him helping cook and clean, but eventually he started going the extra mile and would even do stuff like cut the family's hair, becoming better and better as time went on. He also liked to spend a lot of his time combing what little hair he did have up and away from his face, which means that the prototype for what is now known as the Trump haircut comes from Friedrich Trump back in the 1800s. Because he was losing his hair. Yeah, he would. He did hmm. this like weird little comb over thing, and it looks like a miniature version of Donald Trump's hair. It. I'm not really even joking. It looks like the man had a Pringle on his head. It was just like... <laughs> Like one little, one little Pringle. What flavor? <laughs> Wendy's Baconator. Yes. Oh my God. No, it's definitely sour cream and onion. Um, yes. Yeah. He had a fucking little potato chip uh, like thing on his head, but it looks like if you took that and made it bigger, it would just be Donald's haircut. It's a very weird look. Hmm. Friedrich liked helping out his family because it made him feel like he was part of a team without having to do any kind of real physical labor. And for the most part, his family agreed. Everyone helped to play their part. But those feelings changed after Friedrich's father passed away suddenly. His mother basically told him to start pitching in or just get the fuck out. So in 1885, at the age of 16, Friedrich became a barber, which, by the way, is like the most Mexican-ass dream I've ever heard of in my entire life. (laughs) To get out and become a barber? At 16? Yeah, that was my older brother's dream when we were kids. I'm not even And he's achieved it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Both of them actually did that. Um, But unlike my older brother, Friedrich was not very good at cutting hair. 
he he set up a shop in a small low income village where two things happened either a people didn't really need haircuts all that often or b people didn't have a lot of money so they just cut their own hair at home and it wasn't long before the boy regretted his shop's location and to make matters worse he was getting at an age where um how do i say this he was reaching that uh, that special age in a boy's life. You guys know what I'm talking about? The one they teach you about in school? That special age in a boy's life when you have to serve two years mandatory in the German Imperial no. Army? <laughs> Come on. We all go so through that. So sexual awakening is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. So Bavaria, as you know, part of Germany, had this rule where uh, once you got to a certain age, you had to serve two years in the German Imperial Army. It was unavoidable. You had to do it. And boy, if there's one thing that the Trumps love, it's avoiding the call to serve your country. (laughs) (laughs) The military terrified Friedrich because physical labor was bad enough and war was probably the scariest fucking thing he could think of. And his hands were too small to hold the gun. Too small to hold the gun. He tried to throw little grapes at him. It didn't work. He was so desperate to get out of his obligation that on October 7th, he snuck out of his home in the dead of night and hopped on the first boat headed towards the United States of America. By the way, dodging your mandatory two-year service in Bavaria is a pretty serious offense. But dodging your service by running away to America was a huge crime. His homeland's government didn't sanction his move, which means that I can say on October 19th, 1885, Friedrich Trump illegally immigrated to the United (laughs) States of America. Shocker. Total (laughs) shocker. That's so funny. Yeah, and you know these Bavarian barbers. They're not sending over their best. They all (laughs) a bunch of potato chip head-having-ass motherfuckers. They learned on a farm. They don't have education to be good barbers. Yeah, exactly. Fucking idiots. But don't go feeling sorry for a Trump just yet, because even as illegal immigrants, they had it a lot easier. Friedrich's sister had immigrated to America legally a few years back, and she was doing very, very well for herself. She and her husband allowed Friedrich to live in New York City without paying a single cent of rent. That's a great deal. Yeah. I'd take that deal. Yeah. You get to live in New York City off your fucking family's dime and you don't have to do anything. By the way, this is when Friedrich got really into hitting open mics and just like really (laughs) trying to get on his comedy grind. Living on chicken strips and mozzarella sticks. Yeah. That's that's what we do it for, baby. Um, No. In, In reality, he was able to find a job as a barber and uh, he was also able to save up a surprising amount of money. Probably, again, because he didn't have to pay for fucking anything. Friedrich's dream was to one day create a fortune. You know, it was it was kind of the American dream. Like, it was every immigrant's dream to come to America, uh, start up a business, and become a fucking rich guy. And Friedrich knew that it wasn't actually that impossible um, because he actually had somebody in his family who had already struck it rich. 
Over in Pennsylvania, Friedrich's second cousin was making a killing by selling his latest invention, a red tomato-based condiment called ketchup. Friedrich Trump's second cousin was none other than Henry J. Hines. What? Yes. The person who invented ketchup was related to Donald Trump and his family. Crazy. Yeah. I also I read a little bit about Heinz, uh, and it turns out that when they first started, they, they, they started selling bottled uh, horseradish, and mm-hmm. it failed horribly. America was not ready for horseradish at the time. It was too much. Mm. No. America doesn't really like strong flavors. No, no, no. So they mashed up a bunch of tomatoes and put a little bit of sugar in it. And America was like, A-OK. I love ketchup. It's amazing. Love ketchup. So You would, you yeah. fucking Trump supporter. <laughs> Got him. Has nothing to do with it. No, no. In fact, as from what I could tell at a cursory glance, it seemed like Henry J. Hines really fucking hated the whole Trump side of the family. <laughs> just really thought that they were a bunch of fucks. I'm not even making this up. Apparently, his whole family was just kind of a bunch of dickheads. So I mean, it sounds that way. On November 11th, 1889, when Friedrich was 20 years old, he saw his golden opportunity. The Purple uni- ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> the Union had just admitted Washington as its 42nd state. A lot of people were about to head up north, and they all needed one thing and one thing only. Ketchup. Ketchup. Ketchup and haircuts. The Donald Trump story. Oh, haircuts. Yeah, he thought that he was going to uh, head up north to the new territory right above Oregon and that everyone would be so desperate for a haircut that he would make (laughs) buku bucks. Here's the thing. That's not a bad thought. It's not a terrible because thought. Because it's not. Because there's not infrastructure there mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I mean, there are tribes there that we're actively killing to clear land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as, as far as the things that white people are used to, there's not a lot of it there. So if you were the first barber, you'd be the only barber in town. You just would have to survive. Like, that's the downside. Well, the problem is people won't need, they'll probably get a haircut before they leave, and then they won't need another haircut for a few months, so. It takes six months to get there. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, it takes, fuck, you can't just hop on a fucking plane yeah. or anything. <laughs> yeah, but, eh, long hair's not that bad. So, in 1891, at the age of 22, Friedrich moved to Seattle, Washington, he planned on buying a barber shop with his savings, but he quickly realized that he had very much overestimated the cost of land in a brand new state. He had been living in New York City for so long that he was like, oh, okay, so like a small building is going to cost this much. And then he went to a brand new state and they were like, yeah, that can buy you like a fucking town, dude. How much land do you want to buy? So instead of buying a barbershop, he bought a large failed restaurant called the Poodle Dog. (laughs) What? It was a little restaurant. Well, it was more than little. It was very big. It was a restaurant called the Poodle Dog. And there are probably two reasons why the Poodle Dog failed. Firstly, people almost definitely assumed that they were cooking and serving poodles. I'm willing yeah, to fucking... Yeah, I was say, dog is too stringy, and it's not great. And it's, it's, the weird thing is it wouldn't even be like... It wouldn't even be that wild to have dog on a menu because at this time, 
every menu at every restaurant in America was serving horse meat. Okay, that was like Wait, really. Yeah, that was like one of the because because horses fucking die all the time. In fact, the trail from where he was to go up to uh, Seattle, Washington was called Dead Horse Trail because people would whip their horses so hard that they would just die and get left on the side of the road. And you would take, after it died, you would take what you could to eat of it and then just leave your fucking dead horse's corpse along the side of the road. But also, to only serve poodle... Like, how many poodles do you need to run a restaurant? How are you going to find them? They're like purebred. What, like, that's not a good business model. Well, they were actually, they somebody had struck poodle in the ground just a few years <laughs> earlier. <laughs> you forgot about the big poodle rush of 1890. <laughs> There's just a hole. I'm just picturing like a spurting hole from the ground with poodles everywhere. Oh, where do you think the phrase it's raining cats and dogs comes from? <laughs> Specifically poodles. Some the people problem... are just bad at identifying animals. Yeah, the problem with the cats is that they're just not really useful, so. No, no, they're awful. No, I mean, I have I'm... all these extra cats everywhere. I love cats, but they're just falling from the sky, scratching the fuck out of my face. The thing is, when cats land, they land on their feet, but poodles don't, so now you just got dead poodles. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. So may I, may I introduce to you the Poodle Dog, <laughs> <laughs> a solution and a delicious restaurant. <laughs> oh God. Uh, the other reason that the Poodle Dog did not do well is because the area surrounding the building fucking sucked ass. The block that it was on was nicknamed "quote the Line" because every business there had a line out the door. There were saloons, there were casinos, there were brothels. It was kind of a nighttime only place, like um, like Bourbon Street. I don't know if you've ever been to Bourbon Street in the daytime. It's just stickier Disneyland. That's it. <laughs> I have been to Poodle Lane. <laughs> but what are their brothels like in Bourbon Street? <laughs> rough very rough mostly vampires y- yeah i mean <laughs> if Anne rice is to be believed yes <laughs> yeah what i'm trying to say is the line is not a place where you could open up a tgi fucking fridays all right it's not like a place to bring your family but friedrich had a different approach to restaurants his place would of course it would sell hot horse meat and maybe even the occasional side of poodle dog um but they'd also offer you a drink, a game of cards, and even a night of company upstairs. So it's a casino. Yeah. He opens the first casino. Oh, yeah. He opens pretty much the first Trump casino <laughs> in Seattle, wow. Washington. Yeah, the Trump family fortune got its start with uh, when an illegal immigrant snuck into our country and started an all-you-can-eat buffet of horse meat and pussy. All right? That's... <laughs> That is the fucking... I mean, that is what it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Could say, one could say that he grabbed the fortune right by the pussy. You know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is... And, yeah, there's there are a lot of people who would rather forget that fact, which is why I have created a handy tongue twister to help us remember. <clears throat> Friedrich's property promptly became a one-stop shop of debauchery and possibly sodomy. <laughs> that's my that's that's my tongue twister. Friedrich's property promptly became a one-stop shop of debauchery and possibly sodomy. 
beautiful. Thank you. Bars. I'm a poet. Mm. Uh, and if that wasn't weird enough, do you guys want to guess what he named his fucking his place? Ooh. The Dairy Restaurant. No, that's Dairy not sexy. is in D A I R Y mm-hmm. or D E R R Y. Nope, nope. You had it right the first time. Like milk. Like, like come get milk and get your dick milked. Like <laughs> it's milk. Oof. Come get milk and all of its forms this is utterly preposterous <laughs> <laughs> Oof. that sounds like a place i'd want to go but not after you've described what happens there yeah right the dairy restaurant sounds like they only serve cheese pizza and mozzarella sticks yes. i definitely want to go it. there so down. here for an ice cream here for it yeah it sounds like a dairy queen yeah like a like a <laughs> off-brand dairy queen and i'm here to experiment there is there is a there is a possibility i don't know how much but there has to be a slight possibility that dairy queen is just an offshoot of the dairy restaurant right <laughs> i'm sure people have been blown behind a dairy queen so this checks out say, i'm sure someone has at one point traded an ice cream for a blowjob <laughs> if you fucking know i can't believe i can't live in a world where i think somebody exchanged dairy queen for sexual favors then you then you don't live in reality my no. friend because that is queen. definitely happened oh. also dairy queen has cheese curds if you go to a dairy queen chill and grill thank you is has a dairy queen ever been in the nice part of town like no. Fuck, you're right. None of the oh, ones I've been shit. to. None of the ones I've been to. The one exception is um Jake and I were at a wedding two almost three years ago now. It was in New Hampshire and there was a Dairy Queen just on the side of the road and it was like beautiful forest dairy queen but that's the only time i've seen one in a yeah. nice place. Yeah, that's where they they uh when i was driving through Utah um, earlier this fucking year when I could do things. Uh, when I was driving through Utah, we there was just beautiful, beautiful landscape. Like, it, Utah is actually a gorgeous place. It's amazing. To, to look at. Um, and then there was a clearing where there was a joint Dairy Queen Wiener Schnitzel. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if they were intended to be in the same building, but they were. They were both attached to a gas station. I know what they were intending. Der fun for everyone. Ooh, and Duraria. Uh, <laughs> Only for you, lactose intolerant. Yeah, the dairy restaurant would kill me for sure. For sure. But you die happy. <laughs> That's the, you put the die in diarrhea. <laughs> Oh my god. So turning turning Washington into a home and taking away the homes of countless native people was going to be some really hard work. But Friedrich realized that just like when he was a kid, sometimes it paid off to just keep the real workers fed, clothed, and happy. After running the dairy restaurant for about three years, Friedrich decided to put his hypothesis to the test. In 1894, he moved to Monte Cristo, Washington, in order to capitalize on the gold rush. And honestly, his plan was fucking brilliant. It was evil, but it was kind of fucking brilliant. He was going to build another one of his patented, quote-unquote, restaurants. um, Because if you look this story up anywhere, they just say that he ran, quote-unquote, 
restaurants. But remember, this is also when fucking barbers could do surgery on you. So nothing was ever the right thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, and, and we've also established that it's a restaurant, a gambling estab- establishment, and a place to purchase sex. Oh, yeah. So, like... It's it's a brothel. So he was going to build another one of these restaurants right next to the train station nearest uh, where all the gold mines are. This would make it easier for him to get supplies like fresh fruit and uh, fresh horse meat. Um, but it would also mean that any miners who struck gold would have to pass a nonstop party filled with booze, gambling, and sex workers on their way home, which is basically like setting up a fucking siren's call that just constantly is going off around people who are constantly trying to strike it rich. If you put, like, a lemonade stand in front of my apartment, except instead of lemonade, it was cheese curds, same thing. <laughs> if, you put, if you put a Dairy Queen stand in front of Paige's apartment... In front of my apartment, you can't expect that I'm not going to stop there. Exactly. But Friedrich ran into a bit of an obstacle. Land in Seattle had been very, very cheap. But land where the ground was literally filled with gold was a lot more expensive. In order to purchase a plot of land, Friedrich would need to pay about $1,000 an acre. Adjusting for inflation, that's roughly $30,265 per acre. For reference, the average price uh, per acre in Washington is about $12,000. So basically the, the land is going for twice what it was worth. He instead filed a gold placer claim on the land for free. This claim gave him the exclusive right to dig on the property. Friedrich snuck in lumber and quickly constructed his fucking restaurant. So he just told people like, hey, I'm claiming that land. I'm going to go there. I'm going to dig because that's free. But instead of actually digging or doing anything, he just built his fucking restaurant anyway. So he didn't purchase the land it was on. No, he just claimed it. No, in fact, he didn't even he wasn't even the first person to claim that fucking land. Hmm. Some other dude that already lived there had claimed the land previously. But Friedrich Trump just knew somebody inside of the uh, the U.S. land office and bribed them so that he could get a place or claim on the land. So even fucking back in the day, the Trumps were rigging shit so that they could get whatever they wanted. Yeah, criminal. A lot of the details surrounding the building are sketchy as hell. Again, starting with the fact that, like I said, the land he claimed belonged to somebody else entirely. But even at the time, people felt like Friedrich was taking advantage of the miners. Whether or not they found anything, everybody constantly wanted a hot meal, a hot drink, and a hot piece of ass. You know, every, it's, it's what drove a lot of them to come up north in the first place. But what a lot of people found when they got to Monte Cristo was that um, the amount of gold projected to be in the land was way less than the amount of gold that was actually there. So a lot like Trump's votes in this election. Yeah, exactly. You think, you know, some people thought there was going to be a lot more of them. And then you actually look at them uh, and there's not. But then um, certain people benefit from saying there's a lot. So they sometimes lie and tell other people that there's a lot, which is exactly what Friedrich Trump did by telling people that, no, there's still like a ton of gold in the hills. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Hmm. Whether or not anybody actually made any money, Friedrich would always make money, which meant that he was one of the few people that actually made any money 
on the Monte Cristo gold rush. And the second that the gold was gone, so was he. Friedrich repeated his routine in the Yukon during the Klondike gold rush. Along with a business partner, he opened up a new restaurant called the Arctic House. Only the Canadian Mounties were a little less cool with sex work and alcohol being bought and sold in their jurisdiction. Sensing that the Canadian government might come down on American profiteers, Friedrich made his business partner buy him out of the restaurant. Not long after, Trump's business partner was arrested for public drunkenness and the Arctic house was taken over by the Mounties, after which I assume it, it must have become something like a Tim Hortons because that is like church to the Canadians. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And that is still where you could get a hot meal, a hot drink, and a hot piece of ass. I don't know what a Tim Hortons is. Uh, it's like a Dunkin' Donuts kind of. Oh, yep. Oh, <laughs> it just shot up in her chair Ooh. at the mention of and Duncan. Supposedly it's way better. Okay. Like it's allegedly the donuts are fire. In 1901, at the age of 31, Friedrich decided to hang up his hat as a gold rush profiteer. He had made a good chunk of change and now he was looking to settle down. But the pickings were slim in the new state of Washington because most people who came north were with their family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there weren't a lot of single women just hanging around the gold mines. Or if there were, they were working for him. Already. Exactly, exactly. So Friedrich decides to move back home to Bavaria in order to find a wife. <laughs> How are you just going to go back to the country after you dodge the draft? Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. How? So almost as soon as he gets back in town, he runs into his former neighbor, uh, a girl named Elizabeth Christ. I've never heard that name before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, that's wild. That is a wild name. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fucking absolutely wild name. And Elizabeth Christ was the perfect Trump love interest. She was pretty. She was single, and she was eleven years younger than Frederick. Um, Ooh. Yep. Uh, but you know what? At the time, 11 years younger is actually better than most. Yeah. Yeah. And also to, to put anyone else's mind at ease, um, he's 31 years old. She's about 20 years old. Okay. So she's an adult at least. Yeah. yeah she's an adult. However, Friedrich's mom did not approve of the Christ family. She thought that they were poor, lazy, and that their son's carpentry was shoddy at best. <laughs> oh, oh, shit, son. Yeah, you know that fucking Christ boy always saying he's a carpenter, but I don't know. <laughs> Wait. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Your chair's a wobbly, fool. Well, that's why he got into missionary work. Yeah. <laughs> I do like to, I, I like to, I, I wish I was a fly in the room when fucking Frederick's mom was just shitting on the Christ family. Just being like, hey, you didn't hear it from me, but I heard Joseph's not even the real father. <laughs> wow. Hurtful. Scandalous. Oh, that's that's actually a very funny thing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how the fuck are you going to hate on somebody whose last name is Christ? Like that, that, there is a picture of Jesus Christ that is hanging on my wall uh, that was given to me by a... Um, what are they called? Jehovah's Witness. 
Uh, and the whole reason I haven't thrown it away is because it feels physically wrong to throw a picture of Jesus Christ away. 100%. Even, even, if even though it's white Jesus. Yeah. Even if it's not what Jesus actually looked like. And even though it is fucking spam, I can't not keep it. Yeah. I also, religion is not my jam, but I also wouldn't like draw on the Bible, for instance. Like that is yeah. just upsetting to me. I don't like it. Yeah. Friedrich's mom thought that her son should be dating somebody closer to his financial level, which is kind of bullshit because the Christ family had like tons of bread and fish, like any time they wanted it. <laughs> and so much wine. They actually did own a winery. They did. That is, that is not a What's do, their secret? I do want you guys to know that with joking aside, the Christ family did make wine. What if legit, That's great. what if she was mad because they would wouldn't give them a good price for their grapes to make wine. Ooh. Because I could see that being like a legit beef between yeah. families in the same town. Like you make grapes, I make wine. I'm not giving you good prices. Well, I'm profiting from your work. They both, I mean, they both make wine. That's like the oh, whole reason that you grow okay. grapes. So really it's probably just that they were in competition with each other. That makes sense, honestly. But I mean, you know, Friedrich's mom basically like, they she, she was never rich like they owned a farm which is cool yeah she was just like a governor of rome not <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> yes uh she, you know they 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 had enough she was never like a super like rich person so it's fucking crazy to me to watch her just be like oh her she's fucking poor as shit and it's like bro you guys live in the same town yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you guys you're also poor oh man Despite all his mom's shit talking, Friedrich didn't care. Friedrich Trump and Elizabeth Christ were married on August 22nd, 1902. At the beginning of their marriage, they debated on where they should live. Elizabeth wanted to see New York and live the good life in America, but Friedrich wanted to stay in Bavaria. That way his kids would have a similar upbringing to his own. Being too lazy to do farm work. And, <laughs> and then moving to America, obviously. <laughs> and then moving to America, obviously. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, but in December of 1904, the choice was made for them. The Bavarian government had done some digging into Friedrich, and they realized that he had previously skipped out on his mandatory two-year service in the German Imperial Army. Yeah, you can't do that. No, he's a fucking draft dodger. They found him. They found him out really mostly because he departed. Departed. He departed. Hey, now he that's departed. fucking Duncan. He departed before he had to do his army service. <laughs> <laughs> they found out because he deposited his life savings in a German bank and they were like, oh, fuck, this guy's got a lot of money. What does he do? And then they looked into him and were like, mm. <laughs> that money could be mine. Yes, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> and that's why we don't trust banks at Cult Podcast. Wait a minute, <laughs> we we fully do. We have an account, by the way. Nuh-uh. For the show. I keep I fucking keep the goddamn money in the floorboards. <laughs> I'm joking. Please, please trust banks. It's fine. You're fine. So Friedrich's Bavarian and German citizenship was revoked, and in February 1905, there was a royal decree that gave Mr. Trump and his family eight weeks to get the fuck out of the country. Oh, kind of wow. like now? Yeah. <laughs> Be like, yo, you want to stand trial in New York for all that shit you did? No? No? Oh, do you want to get, get to step in? Get the fuck out of here, you piece of shit. 
Friedrich, stunned that his actions had consequences. Foreshadowing. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Where did he get it? <laughs> Friedrich wrote a letter to the Prince of Bavaria begging to be spared from deportation. In his letter, he claims to be a respectable man of God who would never do anything morally or legally wrong in his life. (laughs) He also claims in this letter that he made the entirety of his riches by cutting hair in America. (laughs) So he was was trying to tell people that he had made fucking... A huge fortune by just being a barber in New York. That's actually uh, how P. Diddy got so rich as well. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but Bill Gates cuts mean face. (laughs) (laughs) But the cherry on top of the whole scenario was an emotionally charged plea that he wrote in that letter. So here is a quote from his letter begging to not be deported. Quote, We're paralyzed with fright. Our happy family life was tarnished. My wife has become overcome by anxiety. Why should I be deported? This is very, very hard for a family. End quote. Yeah, dude. (laughs) It sounds like being deported fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, Friedrich's begging and groveling didn't do him any good. He and his family were forced to move back to America in June of 1905. And four months later, Elizabeth gave birth to Friedrich's firstborn son, Frederick Christ Trump. Jeez. Um, I do think it's really, really interesting that he was paralyzed with fear at the thought of potentially having his family torn apart and having to leave the country that they had gone to for safety. Oh yeah. It's almost like he should be empathetic to other people in the situation. Oh yeah. Yeah. It also, to make matters worse, uh, you know, his wife and children, they, they wouldn't have lost their citizenship. So they'd have to figure out where everyone was supposed to go. So they probably would have had to separate the parents from the children, which I I would see as like a very, very scary scenario to put any child in. Yeah, for a mm-hmm. child to have their family broken apart. Yeah, it almost seems yes, like yes. a fucking first-hand account from the president's fucking grandfather about why being deported fucking sucks ass. Uh, mm-hmm. Friedrich continued to buy and sell properties as well as manage a few hotels in New York after he was deported. But everything changed in 1918 when the world was hit by a global pandemic called the Spanish flu, a.k.a. influenza. America, just like most other governments, had completely dropped the ball on handling the pandemic. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Or sorry, a Friedrich Christ. <laughs> <laughs> People are doomed to repeat history. Oh, my God. The government refused to see it as a threat and called it just another seasonal flu. By the way, these are not jokes. These are real (laughs) facts. Oh, did they also say that wearing masks was for pussies and weird shit like that? They did. They did. They They totally did. (laughs) Did 
did they give speeches about how toilets don't flush the way they used to and for some reason this should make you vote for people cool 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 (laughs) oh my god in fact despite almost every doctor in the world screaming for people to stay home and wear masks no one listened in fact the city of philadelphia even refused to cancel a parade and six weeks later over twelve thousand people were dead because of it and on their graves is where gritty was born (laughs) (laughs) and this is the origin of gritty christ of gritty And because he refused to wear a mask, and also because he was constantly interacting with people, Friedrich Trump caught influenza and died at the age of 49 on March 29th, 1918. In his will, he left his wife Elizabeth their two-story home in Queens, five vacant lots, $4,000 in savings, $3,600 in stocks and bonds, and 14 mortgages. His net worth was about $31,359, which is today about $588,000. That's pretty good. That's a sizable. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not. That's the thing where like he and, and I think one thing to also keep in mind is not only did he leave them a net worth of over half a million dollars in value, but all of these properties continued to make money. Yeah, it's passive income. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was handing. Yeah. What, really, what he was doing was he was handing his family like, "Here's a thing that will just keep making money." And I already have the business set up where people come and like fix the properties and do this and that and you know whatever. So he left them um, a way for them to make money. He left that to Elizabeth Christ and his oldest son Frederick Christ Trump. And that is kind of where we will end it for today um, and where we will pick it up next week, where we'll talk about, you know, the history of Donald Trump and his father before uh, the man got into politics. It, it's uh, the, the point of this episode, again, was to kind of show you where this um, where this Trump family fortune comes from, because you, like I said before, We've all heard the myth that he was a self-made man. And we've also heard the myth that his father was a self-made man. And this is definitive proof. Like, I'm, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. It, the fortune is based on taking advantage of other people. Like, very clearly, right? Like, I'm not yeah. fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you're not crazy. I think that the remarkable thing about this story is how if you were to look into where anyone's family got their wealth, like the wealthiest yeah. of people, everyone is going to have a story a little bit like this. Oh, yeah. I truly believe that no one becomes incredibly wealthy without taking advantage of other people. Especially w- with capitalism. And kind of um, the point of that book that I read that I mentioned earlier, uh, Three Trumps, uh, or, or The Trumps, Three Generations That Built a, an Empire. The whole point of that book is that the Trumps kind of um, physically represent, they're physical manifestations of capitalism and its little routine. So basically, like, all of these quote-unquote big American families, 
like um, the Hyatt family, the Hilton family, the Trump family, etc. They all kind of follow this same routine of like an immigrant comes to America and makes a small fortune for themselves by doing whatever it is that they do. And then their children, the second generation, make a killing by spending that money on real estate and making deals. And then the third generation, they just kind of coast by on their family's reputation and don't really have any kind of work ethic. Um, that's not to say that all third generation Americans fucking suck, but it is, it is pretty frequent that most third generation rich family people are kind of shitty. You have fucking Paris Hilton. You have fucking Donald Trump. You have the well, fucking Seagram's heiresses that helped fucking Nexium. Yeah, the Seagram heiresses for sure. Um, but I do think they're, every person in that position, if you're a third generation person, comes to a point where either you're going to coast by on the money Mm -hmm. or you're going to figure out what you're going to do. Now, the benefit that somebody has in that, you know, space is that they have the money to do whatever they want to do. And so ultimately they have a bit of a leg up as far as being successful. So I, you know, you mentioned Paris who give her a break. She's funnier than people give her credit for. But also I think if you look at her sister, Nikki, that's kind of a more interesting story where yes she does have the money she was on the tv show with her sister and now she's a fashion designer and has kind of built up an actual business of her own but she could not have done that without the investing capital that she was born to exactly and like when people talk about white privilege that's what it is it's this idea of you had a safety net Many of us are privileged enough, even at a smaller scale, to have parents or family members who would support us or help us if we needed it. And the reality is that there are a lot of people in America who just do not have that. And that's the difference. You know, like if I, let's say I got into some horrible accident and lost my job the same day and couldn't make rent. I'm probably not going to be homeless. I can either go live with my family. They could help me out or whatever. But that's not the reality for everybody. And I think part of the exercise of being American and making America a better place is recognizing where we have legs up that other people don't have. And I feel like that's one of the worst things about Donald Trump is he does not acknowledge it. Yeah. He refuses to. And that's what's so frustrating. (laughs) And we'll kind of get into it uh, a lot more next week about how there is kind of um, there, there is kind of two different third generation types where there's you know there's people that want to make a name for themselves by doing whatever it is um that they want to do or trying to figure out you know who they are and they're they're not those types of people aren't actually as famous because you don't hear about them because they don't give a shit they're not trying to be in the public eye and then you have people like donald who um are just tying kind of trying to do whatever it is that they think that they're supposed to do and that oftentimes doesn't work out and so we'll get into why um also and this is this is kind of difficult and it is something that i've been struggling with myself when we cover the story we will kind of get to a point where you will feel a little bit bad for the trump children and i mean that as in like marianne fred uh jr trump uh, or Donald Trump, Robert, you know, you you are going to feel a little bit bad because they 
I think the way that I talked to my mom about this and the way that I put it was that he was fucked from day one. You know, like he he never had a chance to have like a normal life. And so because there there isn't, you know, there isn't there isn't like there isn't the ability for him to have lived what most of us would consider to be a normal life. And so we will get into that. But um, I think something else to remember and, and something I've been talking with Andrea and my mom about is that uh, at a certain point, it doesn't matter what your background was. At a certain point, you're you're the one making the, 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 the decisions for yourself. And so it's going to be a complicated series. Um, I'd also like to take a second now to uh point out some things that we've learned from from covering donald trump's grandfather friedrich trump uh one of the biggest things that we've learned is that if donald trump had been president of the united states while his grandfather was alive frederick trump's life would have been way fucking worse um starting with donald trump's raise act that he co-signed in 2017 the act was all about reforming immigration laws by giving points to potential citizens for stuff like having a high-paying job or already being an English speaker. And when Friedrich illegally immigrated here in 1885, he listed his career as none and he couldn't speak anything but German. It's pretty likely that under the Rays Act, he would have been denied citizenship in America. Or deported if he was discovered. Yeah, oh, oh for sure, definitely. Additionally, Friedrich begged the Prince of Bavaria to allow him to stay. He loved his home and desperately wanted to stay in Bavaria. So I'd bet that he'd be pretty fucking pissed off by Donald's little white lie that he told in The Art of the Deal, where he claims that his grandpa was a proud Swedish immigrant. I mean, okay, it's Bavaria, but still, yeah, you know. They, they, we'll get into yeah. it again a little bit next week, but his dad starts up this lie to kind of avoid uh, anti-German sentiments, um, mm-hmm. which I don't think is something that his grandfather would have done or approved of because his grandfather, again, was like, nah, man, let me stay in fucking Germany. I love this place. Lastly, uh, I feel like we'd be fucking remiss if we didn't talk about the goddamn pandemic because almost exactly a hundred years ago, um, Frederick died because of the mishandling of a global pandemic. And now his grandson had a chance to use what his family learned and he fucking straight up refused. I would say that Frederick Trump would probably be pretty fucking upset at the person that his grandson became. Um, he might be kind of proud to learn that he became a, a American president, but it's very clear to me um, that Frederick Trump did not want to live here. He wanted to live back in Germany. So I don't think he'd really give a shit about that. I think he'd see his grandson as uh, somebody that tried to stop immigrants like him from coming to America to make their fortune. And I think he would have seen his grandson as somebody that was part of the policymakers that got him fucking killed. I mean, and and I will say, because there are going to be people, I'm sure, who argued, well, he closed the borders. He didn't do nothing. And I'm like, yeah, he closed them after he already knew it was here. Yeah. So, like, it didn't matter. Like, it didn't matter. Too little, too late. Yeah. He knew long in advance and didn't make those choices until too late. <sighs> yeah. 
Yeah. This is a weird time. Also, I want to say this is a weird time to re- do a deep dive research into Trump because uh, basically my entire life is just the past, present, and future of Donald Trump right now. <laughs> yeah. It's super well, weird. And I do want to say part of the reason that we are doing this and had been planning it for months, we're trying to sneak it in before the election. It didn't work out <laughs> research-wise, but it's kind of nice that it's happening now. I'm so uh, grateful it's happening now because I don't yeah. think I could have handled it and made jokes about it when it felt like we were going to have four more years. Yeah. Well, and, and the reason we're doing it is a lot of the rhetoric and the misinformation, misinformation and the group think that is going on surrounding this election and the 2016 election very much resemble a lot of the methods and thought processes that we see in cults. It's been widely requested, um, but we thought it was worth examining something happening on literally a national scale that resembles a cult. Yeah. And it's I mean, we'll see that it, it, it kind of the trends that help project him into power um, or propel him into power rather are global. You know, they're the same things that happened with fucking Brexit and shit. You know, it's 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 not just it's not just Americans. This is. The point of this episode and the next episode is to give you context on the building blocks of the Trump mentality and who the person is and where he comes from uh, so that you can understand how just truly how many lies he is telling at all times because he is constantly lying. If you read The Art of the Deal, none of this shit appears in there. It's all just shit about how, like, his his fucking grandfather from Sweden had, like, a kick-ass, like, fucking Chuck E. Cheeses or whatever. And, like, how awesome life was and how, like, he died, like, super happy and stoked on his son and shit. Um, none of that. None of that's real, you know? So, right now we're covering the background and we will get to the parts where uh, you're going to see how fucking culty it is. And we're definitely going to read some excerpts from online posts where Trump supporters uh, basically say shit like they would fucking lay their lives on the line and even possibly kill for Donald Trump. It's upsetting. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. This episode, though, just like every episode, uh, is brought to you by uh, the Poodle Dog. Come on down... Come on down to our new location in the middle of the woods. Really screwed the pooch on that one. Really (laughs) screwed the pooch. Are you you thinking about the dairy restaurant? Hell yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, if you find a curly hair in your food, uh, it may be the cooks. It may be your foods. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Just like every week, our episode is on uh, actually brought to you by our wonderful, amazing Patreon donor. This episode is brought to you in part by Logan. Logan says, uh, you can call me Logan, but my Heaven's Gate name would have been something like Lagodi. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stick good. with Logan and imagine that Wolverine is one of our Patreon donors. Ooh, that's pretty Hell good. Hell yeah, dude. If you, by the way, uh, if you want like a sick ass like roller derby name, you should definitely go by Lagrodi because that's fucking Ooh. dope. That's Ooh, Lagrodi. Or Logan's run. Lagrodi sounds like Gritty's French cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I am Lagardy. We both smoke the same amount of cigarettes. <laughs> I am descended from Ben Franklin's mistress in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a mm. deep cut. <laughs> deep, deep. Cuts. So is my mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That's Jesus. a deep gash. Great. Oh, gross. Sorry. Take it out. I'm sorry. Lagrodi says, uh, praise Jesus for the dome, and I can't wait until we can all 1,000 some of us in the Facebook group live in one big commune together. <laughs> fun, fun fact. It's like 2,000 people now. Yeah, there's a lot of people. We're going to have to go fucking Father Divine on this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need like an apartment complex, I think, maybe. Um, well, I've... <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of Utah we could just take over, right? Yeah, yeah. There is beautiful. There is a failed restaurant in (laughs) northern (laughs) Washington that we could buy. Uh, What's Wyoming up to? Ooh, fucking trying to find Kanye. Being close. Trying to locate Kanye West and inform him that he is not the president. You have to ride (laughs) one of those big sheep with the the what are they called the rams yeah those big those big sheep like a buffalo no not a buffalo the the, the rams the, the rams what right? are they called though a zebra <laughs> if you want to uh have this happen to you or if you want to check out our <laughs> patreon you can go to patreon.com a slash a cold podcast and if you are looking for some other good news um there is an update with our very own andrea gazetta Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm going to be doing some fun, cool stuff in my shop this uh, coming Sunday. So uh, Sunday, November 15th at 10 a.m., if you set your calendar, I'm going to update my website at andreagazetta.com slash shop. And I'll have some fun little surprises. I have new prints. I have new stickers. And I have, for the first time ever, some jewelry you guys can buy. Uh, that features my artwork. So I'm going to be doing that in time for your holiday shopping and come check it out. I'm not going to be doing commissions this year because I'm tired. Yeah, because fuck it. <laughs> it's so much work. I love you guys, but I'm taking it easy and I'm sticking with prints this year. So yeah. thank you so much for your support. And I love you. And thank you to everyone that bought my book. I really appreciate that. Um, but I have speculation zones to write too. So yeah, the book is uh, if if for anyone who has already received theirs and their shirts. By the way, the uh, the tricks and treats shirts uh, should have been sent out by now. You should have gotten it. If you have not, please get at us. Um, but yeah, the the we make quality stuff. You know, like we don't They're we don't we, we try They're to to good. make things that are good because we want people to have good shit. And um, Andrea's new stuff is fucking phenomenal. If you're it's a fan, super great. I love it. If you're a fan of her artwork, it's something that you're definitely gonna want to get. The prints are awesome. It feels like I mean, they're fucking good prints. She's not just printing out, you know. Oh yeah, they're shit clay prints, which means that they're not gonna yellow over time. They're very high quality. Uh, the color is really good. I have a professional artwork printer that I go to, so. Yeah, and they're yeah. all professionally photographed. It's, it's quality shit. They're absolutely amazing. They're very good, and you would be, if you're a fan of Andrea, you would be remiss if you did not check out that shop. Um, for those of you that watch the uh, the Halloween live show, thank you so much. This thank is the you. first episode we've recorded since <laughs> it was uh, done, and I had a great time. Uh, it was really, really, really fun. Um, it came out a lot better than I thought it was going to. 
Yeah, you know, I think considering the fact that the internet connection dropped because a router got water on it like 10 minutes before we were supposed to go live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you can't even tell. Yeah, there was a lot of things that happened uh, that made it not as, it shouldn't have been as good as it was. And it was absolutely fucking phenomenal. Um, it was the first uh, time that we've ever done it ourselves. Uh, you know, we posted it on our website, we sold tickets, we had merchandise, it was all our own doing. Um, it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. And it it is probably something we will do again in the future. Um, if, you know, because we're still fucking all stuck inside. Yay. Yay. Um, if you bought a ticket and you want to watch it again, or if you bought a ticket and you weren't able to watch it the first time, your ticket information will allow you to watch it right now. You can go onto uh, the website that was given to you, use your password, and you will be able to access both live shows, ours and horror versions. Uh, you can also purchase uh, the right to view it now. If you go to our shop, you, you can you can buy it now. A few of you have. Um you can watch it, download it, whatever you got to do. Uh, it is there for you. Go watch it. It's super fun. It's a great time, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, what else we got going on? Paige has got like five podcasts that she does. <laughs> 20 podcasts. <laughs> 47 <Paige> is- podcasts. <laughs> There's yes. one podcast just called Paige Sleeps, and she actually records her <laughs> sleeping. That's silly. I don't sleep. Um <laughs> You guys, if you feel like you don't hear my voice enough, uh, you can hear more of it on Black Card Rehab, Horror Virgin, and Romancing the Pod. And I really want, because I've been obsessed with it for the last two days, uh, I want some gritty fan fiction. Yeah. Oh, that is, my God. That is fan fiction featuring the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, Gritty. Uh, in celebration of his recent victory in the election. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. Please send that to me at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. Fuck yeah. If you want to send me, um, God, if you want to send me like some pretty good like horse meat recipes. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I know a place where you can get horse meat. Uh, what? you wait. Did you say you know where I could get horse meat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck around and find out. We'll talk later. <laughs> oh no. Okay. If you want to send me your favorite meal, uh, replaced with horse meat, uh, for my new diet, where I just eat horse meat and mine gold. Um. <laughs> oh God. That's 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 something we could. It's well, it's something we could actually do. I figure like we could go up to Northern California and start a workout camp that's just uh pan for, pan for a a skinnier body. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Pan for goals. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen photos of miners, and I don't really want to look like any of those guys. No, no, Andrea, you're not supposed to keep photos of miners. That's illegal. You're going to jail, bud. Yeah, um, if you want to send me your minor photos, the the gold people, not the children. <laughs> the ER. Um, if you want to send me, uh, if you want to send me your family's secret horse meat recipe, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M A N D O Does Stuff. Yeah, guys. Uh, whew, if you want to send me. 
the craziest thing you've seen at a Dairy Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I really want to hear about it. Or the craziest thing you've done in a Dairy Queen. Please send that to me on all the things at Sundress Comic or check out my art at Andrea. No judgment, only respect. (laughs) (laughs) And if you like our show, you can follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show. You can also send us an email to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us horse meat, dry packed, frozen with dry ice, Hell yeah. you can send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like the Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. And honestly, we'll take literally any exotic meat. So Yeah. Go for I it. did it did fuck me up though that they said that the horse meat on uh, that horse meat would be flash frozen after it died, which I think just meant that they put a bunch of snow around it and we're like, ah, that'll be good. That'll be good for later. <laughs> yeah. It's called the Donner Party Special. Oh <laughs> no. Mm, this horse meat tastes a lot like pork. And I think for this one, I'm going to say don't drink the milk at the dairy restaurant. Oh, God. That was a bull. We don't even have cows. Oh, no. And don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye.